Hello, George Hawford with Local Matters, and boy, have we got a deal for our audience today. Um, I want to say nationally known, internationally known, but certainly statewide, regional-wise, Bill Wiggins, uh, storyteller emeritus. I, I just conferred that on you, Bill, but uh, just glad to have Bill. We're gonna we're gonna talk about in his his life, interesting concepts, people, and that's the nature of this show. And interesting people who make a difference and who live in and are the fabric of our community and region. So, Bill, welcome. We're, I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks for the invite, George. We're going to do it. Okay. And this is going to be hard. You know me very well. Uh, I got to listen. I got. I can't. This is your show. It's about you. It's not about me. So between you and our moderator over here, our leader, y'all will keep me straight. So uh, let's talk about... Um, Let's, let's let's talk about who you are. Uh, you know, the Bible, uh, Billy Graham said there's uh, three what? Three questions in life. Who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? I like, to, who are you, Bill? And where'd you come from? And talk a little bit about, start at birth, uh, but don't, don't go, don't spend a whole lot of time in high school. I'd like to know more about you and who you are. George, I came into the world in Monterey, Tennessee, at my Grandma Wiggins' home. Yeah. March 30th, 1937. Wow, great. Uh, I'm pretty well seasoned out by now. <laughs> Long in the tooth, I think that's a conventional thing to say. Went to school at Monterey High School. Mm-hmm. That's where I finished, 1955. Enrolled at Tennessee Tech in the fall of 1955. I was going to be a chemistry major and face my first big decision. I was a saxophone player, and I just had to play in the Tennessee Tech band under the direction of Dr. J. Gillian. Yeah. Unfortunately, my laboratories were scheduled for the same time as band practice, so... First big decision in life, I abandoned chemistry and went right into mathematics (laughs) so I could play in the band. That's a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) I graduated from Tennessee Tech. My first job, first time on the payroll was with the old Tennessee Highway Department. Now they're called TDOT. That's right. To use that acronym. Uh, In Nashville. Cotton State's building. I was uh, hired on as a planning analyst. Plan? Wow, that's an impressive. Oh yeah, I, it impressive. was. It was quite a challenging job, and it was, we were making quite a contribution. The interstate construction was proceeding at that time. I had a major role in that. Wow. Uh, I married mm-hmm. shortly after that. Kay Nichols. Mm-hmm. Kay was from uh, Lick Skillet. That's okay. near Sand Springs, Lick. which is a suburb of Monterey. On okay, Highway I got it. <laughs> yeah, we. I got it. We we married on June thirteenth, nineteen sixty four, at the Mill Creek Baptist Church, where Kay's family were members, and she was the pianist. Wow, a wonderful day as I look back on my many years. Uh, extremely, extremely wonderful. Yes. We 
Went to Nashville, of course, together as husband and wife. Uh, Kay worked at the First Baptist Church there uh, at 7th and Broad right. in Nashville. Right. She, uh, we stayed there for about two years, and I was lured back to Monterey by Reverend Cliff Ingram, okay. who was the pastor of the Monterey Methodist Church when I was in school. He persuaded me to come back and work for him. Okay. There was this nonprofit corporation, the LBJ and C Development Corporation, mm-hmm. and they were doing some great things in the Upper Cumberland and the Six County area in particular. He hired me on as the planner, so it was my job to write the grants for okay. LBJ and C. So we moved back. I stayed there for maybe 12 years. I finished out there as executive director mm-hmm. upon Cliff's retirement. I got a job at UT Knoxville okay. in the uh, communications building up there and continuing education. I was a consultant. I traveled the state presenting seminars and facilitating discussions about administrative procedures, compliance with federal laws, and things like that. And then uh, that job went away, and I associated with a company out of Kansas City, Missouri, What Ellen Reed, financial mm-hmm. services company. Mm-hmm. They came in the world the same time I did in 1937, <laughs> a Mr. Waddell and a Mr. Reed. Mm-hmm. I stayed with them until retirement. I abandoned my dad's recommendations that I should find me a career and stay with it. So what uh-huh. did I do? I understand. I branched out. <laughs> I got a job with the Tennessee Health Department as a health facility surveyor. I was to be an inspector of sorts to check nursing homes, hospitals, rural health clinics, anything that had medical about it. We went out as a team and inspected, if you be, mm-hmm. if you will, those facilities to make sure they were in compliance. So I finished out my, my working years as dually, as a financial advisor and also as a health facility surveyor. While all that was going on, Ken, and I had two boys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ken came along first, Ken Wiggins, and Mike came okay. 18 months later, and we had replenished ourselves, so we shut down that process. <laughs> uh, Ken, they both went to Monterey High School. They went to college, Tennessee Tech. Ken is employed here in Cookville. He lives in Cookville with his family. He is a... Supervisor, he's in the management at the Postal Service yes. with the city carriers. And Mike is employed by the state of Tennessee, the Tennessee Revenue Department. Ken, Bill, Ken, excuse me, Ken was the uh, mayor of, of Monterey when we moved here in 2004. So you've had... Uh, he would have been. He, uh, his grandpa was mayor. My dad. Okay, so you've had generations of... Yeah, we... we it, it's in the genes or habit forming one. I have no idea, but we were we were all willing to get in the arena. That's great, and take a punch. That's great. <laughs> but Mike 
lives in Cookville with his family, and he's employed by the state of Tennessee, the Tennessee Department of Revenue. Mm-hmm. So our kids are well-situated. Ken and Kristen have two children, Anna, who is a freshman at Belmont, mm-hmm. and Asher, who is a freshman at Highland Rim Academy in Cookville. Sure. Yep. Ben is the son of Mike and Regina. Mm-hmm. He just graduated from Tech. He'll be enrolling. He is enrolled and will be beginning grad school first of the year. Great, great. So three grandchildren, two kids. We feel like our work has been pretty well done. I say well, we. I'm talking about my partner and I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. George Hofford with uh, Bill Wiggins. Um, I, a legend, if I could say that, uh, <laughs> in Monterey in our community, that local matters. Um, so you have, uh, you're, hey, I believe your best times are still coming. Well, you're very active, and we'll talk about that later in the show a little bit. But uh, anything else from you and growing up and everything? Sounds like you are having a great, uh, great run. You know, George, I think about this life, it's kind of like a dog chasing a car. <laughs> I'm here, and what do I do with it? So I've been pretty deliberate about some things, intrepid about others, and maybe a little dose of stupidity about others. <laughs> uh, and part-time work during my occupations, I was a referee Really? Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association. Wow. 45 years I refereed high school football in the state of Tennessee. Did not know that. So in some communities, I won't go any further. (laughs) Some you're well-liked, and maybe others you don't go into those communities. (laughs) Most of them remember me. Some of the coaches, I met some great, great people. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I could go to about any town in the state of Tennessee, and if I was in distress, I know where I could call. Did you referee all of, um, all the way across the state at times, or did you pretty the well? The furthest I went, I went to Waverly, down mm-hmm. on the Tennessee sure. River, and mm-hmm. I went as far east or southeast as Ottawa. Sure. But that was regular season as well as a championship series. So it was just great, great fun. And I worked with a bunch of great, great guys, and I learned a lot of things about working as a team. Even the officials work as a team. Oh, sure. And we just it's just we just have it together, and it was fun. And just going to the games and returning was great. Well, you've seen the whole sports football evolve to the level it is in Tennessee right now. It's a uh, it is amazing how how advanced and how far this pro these programs have come. Yes, uh, boy, you can say that again. When I first began uh, at the coin toss, I could look the captains in the eyes. On my last game, I had to crane my neck to look up. <laughs> that's Head, right. Heads or tails up there, you that's know. Right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they were right. faster. And that's that's when I decided it was time to hang it up because when I first began this in 1960, Mr. A.F. Bridges was head of the TWSWA. Remember Mr. Bridges. He made one statement. He said, gentlemen, you're out there to referee a game. Don't make a call unless you're on the spot. Don't ever do that. And we expect you to be in shape just like they are. 
Great. We're off to a great start, Bill. Uh, George Hoffer with Bill Wiggins, Monterey uh, legend. I'm going to keep on, Bill, and uh, we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. George Hawford with Bill Wiggins. Uh, we're going to talk uh, more about Monterey and the, the wonderful our mountain town, Bill. And so let's uh, let's spend some time talk, talking about Monterey and your role and things that have happened uh, that have made a difference in uh, in our great mountain town. When I was a younger man, uh, Monterey was a bustling community. Yes, you did not have to leave town. For most anything, we had department stores, we had a hospital, no, we had a movie theater, <laughs> the palace. We had just, you did not have to leave. And the economy was kind of a three-stooled. You had the railroad, you yep. had the coal mining, and you had the timber industry. Yes. Those were the chief employers, and there was a textile installation there, too. We weren't different from any other small town in the South. Yep. But the economy was great. Folks were employed. They were working. We had great schools. We had a great place to grow up with what God had given us up there. And then the coal mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no market for the typical the the kind of coal we had up there, so that industry waned and finally collapsed. That was the lifeblood of the railroad, the Tennessee Central. Yes. So the Tennessee Central went into receivership, mm-hmm. and there's some debate about that, but they did. Everyone became enthralled with artificial flooring and carpets. Yep. And, and there went the timber industry. Mm-hmm. Textile still hung on for a while, but with the economy, the th- three stools, the three legs of the stool being kicked out from under us, it was inevitable what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And businesses closed, uh, people left. And it's it's been a while. We're 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 still recovering up there, oh, even sure. though this happened back forty, fifty years ago. Sure. But we're we're beginning to get some traction up there. Back years ago, I've heard my grandparents talk about this. Indeed, my grandpa Wiggins was the foreman, not foreman for the roundhouse on the Tennessee Central. Mm-hmm. So that's another passion of mine are railroads. Oh, I know that. We'll talk about that more in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand, Bill, that 
someone has told me that because it was such a rail center up there, that the, the, the we had restaurants that never closed. You, had, I mean, there was shifts and there was bustling and there was uh, hotels and people coming and going. So it was a thriving, thriving economy. The railroad was a major contributor to that because not only was it the freight business, but they would run special trains from Nashville to yes. Monterey, and there were about seven, eight, ten, maybe a dozen hotels. Mm-hmm. And people would come up there for their health. Yeah, medicinal, well, I, what, yeah, the bad, yeah. the springs and the— Right, right. Drink the pure water, breathe the clean air, just relax and enjoy what was there. Um so Monterey was a destination. Yeah, uh, if you've been to Nashville back in the '40s, you'll remember that big smog that hung over with all the coal well, sure. furnaces and everything. Mm-hmm. So I can see why they would want to escape, maybe yeah. just for the weekend. But it's but the railroad was cheap. It, it, you're right, Tennessee Central. They they were trains dispatched from Monterey to the Wilder coal fields. Mm-hmm. I can remember mm-hmm. there were about two trains a day. Uh, you had two. Through freights through Monterey from Nashville to Emory Gap, there was the 84 and the 81. Those were the major freights that that ran through, and then you had locals that emanate from Monterey going mm-hmm. east mm-hmm. and west. And there was at one time a passenger service out on the branch, out toward the Wilder hmm. coal fields. But then passenger service went away as interstate travel became. Here, it, here, isn't it here? I came down from Monterey. Holy mackerel, George! Unbelievable. I drive seventy. I thought you I was get hurt. I thought I was <laughs> lawful. Holy mackerel! I'm a creep. You know. <laughs> I think there's fifty. Uh, this number and it's old now. Fifty thousand people a day are coming up and down our interstate. I believe it. I forty is a major artery it coast is. to coast. It is, and it's changed. Up. And we were having this conversation off air about. Of what's going on the uh, the re, you know at the agricultural revolution and then here comes the industrial revolution and communities are no different change can can make or break and devastate and you know it's a it's a, a living process I mean it's not something that's static it is not um, and with that in mind I that's what made me decide back in the late eighties to get into the the arena. There you get go. in with the decision making and <laughs> I ran for alderman. Yeah. And lo and behold I they, won. And you won. <laughs> I won. You caught the school bus. I did and caught the, the fever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I finished the term there. Um and I stayed out for a while, but then in two thousand fourteen I decided to get back in it because Thank I just felt like we were on the cusp of something. Mm-hmm. And I not only wanted to be a part of it, I wanted to be instrumental in it. Yep. Yeah. And apply what whatever I could bring to that office. Well, your and planning background, your I mean, you were you were well suited for this. I was. Let me just boast a little bit on that planning. Those yeah. those grants that I wrote Cliff and I would get in his little Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> and we would go either to Atlanta, to D.C., wherever, and come back with suitcases of money. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, Head Start was mm-hmm. one that's lasted for a long, long time, and it'll probably be a permanent kind of thing. But we had what the neighborhood youth corps. There was on-job training. Uh, 
there was a thing called Operation Mainstream. Uh, we had the Retired Senior Volunteer Program. I could just go on and on. Sure. And most of those have faded away, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do have a track record. A doggone I, I tried good to one exploit too. that. <laughs> I tried to exploit it. I may have lost a little of my edge, but. I don't think you've lost anything. Really. <laughs> you haven't seen me try to get out of bed, George. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> but, you know, we talk about this. We were talking off air a while ago yeah. before we started. You know, there's three kinds of people in the world, people who make things happen, watch things happen, or wonder what happened. And I, I think you've decided you, you were going to be in the arena and you were going to try to make a difference, and you've made a, you made a heck of a difference, Bill. And we appreciate you. Uh, thank you, George. Uh, I've I've suffered all three things you talked about there. I still <laughs> wonder. I still wonder a lot. <laughs> but when I was mayor, um, we did some significant things. I think, and I say we. I'm talking about oh, the board t- of aldermen. It's a team, sure. It's a team. But please go ahead. One thing that I'm I'm particularly enthusiastic about and frankly proud about is Meadow Creek Park. Yes, yes. I'm like most Montereans. I wasn't really aware that there were 300 acres out there on Highway 62 with a 100-acre lake. Yeah. I got the idea one day, hey, this would make a great park. I told Julie Bohannon, who Mm -hmm. was a cultural Mm -hmm. administrator, she said, all right, let's do it. And the next thing I knew, we were on the way. (laughs) <laughs> that's great that is so great vision and and uh, opportunity and and uh george Hofford with bill wiggins uh and we're going to cut let's come back to the this project and really talk about um monterey and the the, the blo- re-blossoming the rebirth let me just finish up with meta creek park come right back and we'll do it we'll come right back we're back George Halford with Bill Wiggins. We're talking about uh, a wonderful mountain town in Putnam County, our mountain town, Monterey. And we were talking about Meadow Creek. Bill, let's talk about Meadow Creek and what's what's going on there. I just made mention that uh, I was proud and enthusiastic about Meadow Creek Park and that when I first saw that acreage in that lake, I had a revelation and this would make a great park. That's all true, but there's a side story to that. Okay, let's hear the side story. I learned this much later. But that site where this acreage is and that lake was formerly a coal mining operation owned and managed by a gentleman named Harry Talkington. Okay. Back in the 70s. And Harry was doing battle constantly with the Environmental Protection Agency. Sure. As you remember, back in the 70s during the Richard Nixon administration, EPA was born, and apparently they had targeted Harry as a test case. He was going to be a... a and they, they were just on him all the time. <laughs> so Harry, upon his death, had instructed that his ashes be strewn in the creek there so he could aggravate EPA forever. (laughs) (laughs) But he'd made the statement that, you know, once this coal field piddles out, this will make a great park. 
So, so he had the idea the, originally was Harry he had the talking. vision. I had no no idea that was true, but his daughter Susie Jackson mm-hmm. shared that story with me. I I thought that was hilarious. So so Harry is polluting the stream, <laughs> still forever doing ever and ever <laughs> <laughs> for eternity. <laughs> yeah, but with Meta Creek, uh, we have a master plan now. Mm-hmm. We had a gentleman who works for a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania firm uh, in the planning operations like that. And he gave us a special, special, special deal. I will not announce it because we don't want people calling him. That's but right. he developed a very lengthy and thorough master plan for that 300 acres. That's great. So it's just once that is complete, and it won't be in my lifetime, but once that is complete, Meadow Creek is just it, the potential is just something. It'll be a destination. It already oh, is. I'm, I'm already hearing a lot of good things about it. Uh, yes. Heather Call here, yes. Outdoor Experience. Mm-hmm. Heather approached us about putting kayak and bike rentals out there. That is wonderful. We, we, we entered into a contract with her to get that done. And the local group here is building the trail around the perimeter of the lake. When it's completed, we're looking at five-plus miles. They're not quite halfway there. So she did a tremendous business her first summer out there, hmm. uh, renting kayaks and mountain bikes. Uh, that's just that's just one 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 phase of it. You've got rock climbing walls. Rock I mean, climbing. there's so much out there that I'd been out there a bunch twenty years ago, but it had no clue what what we had. Yeah, and that, that is great. And it is an anchor for our rail trail. It and is. It, it, now, here's another vision, George. Okay, here it, we go. It's, here. it's just a little foggy right now. <laughs> I, you know, overthinking can can result in inaction, <laughs> so you should never lean on it. But this is going to require a lot of thinking and planning. But I can see the day when our rail trail, which ends at Burke's Middle School, will one day connect out there with the Meadow Creek Park I can, property. too. I can't, based on what you said, yeah. And then the on the other leg, I can see this trail leaving the Cookville Depot property and going, who knows, maybe Joel Evans Park? I don't know. No, we've but, talk- but Cane Creek and Baxter, you know, that's that's achievable. But I can just see that happening. Yes, the modern vision. And I think it will. Uh, Friends of the Rail Trail, a new group. You'll, uh, your, our audience will hear more about it the first of the year. The vision is exactly that, all the way to Caney Fork. I mean, I think it'll be around 40 miles. Now, not in our lifetime, as you said, and I'm saying that more and more, Bill, but but this is going to be one of the top uh, destinations in, in in our part of the world, not just our you know state or whatever. It's, this is going to be huge. It, it, it is. And, and we're here in the uh, it, still the infant stages of this. Yeah. But it's going to be great. It is going to be fantastic. Talk a little bit about you know we we got to we can't uh, we got to talk about the Cherokee a little bit, and we've got to talk about Standing Stone and anything. Uh, you know, I I'm uh, my I'm, I, my wife is twenty five percent Cherokee. Our son was twelve and a half percent. I learned more about the Cherokee Nation in Monterey than I ever did anywhere else we've ever lived. It was 1976, I think, 
The momentum was established for this resolution adopted by the Monterey City Council mm-hmm. by Oplis Walker. Okay. Who did a mountain of research about Monterey's origins and the natives who were there at that time. And the city adopted the second Saturday in October as Standing Stone Day. Of course, Monterey was known as Standing Stone long That's right. before. That's right. Monterey became what it is today. Uh, it built from there. Opelous and his brother, Carlos Bohannon, we call him Car- Collie. Yeah. You had Oscar, we call him Big O. <laughs> <laughs> and there was some other their Confederates. Yeah. And they, they decided to stage a massive celebration. Wow. And they went at it and did it in fine style. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just became the special holiday by proclamation for Monterey City employees, for Monterey at large. And we've said it's getting a new moniker now. It's the signature day for, for the town of Monterey. Yeah, yeah. So it's got lots of emphasis, and it'll just only grow and get bigger. Initially, they contacted people in the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, I remember people like Wilma Mankiller, Crosland Smith, and there were some local people here. Uh, that connection is sort of evaporated now, but we're making new connections. Rebuilding. I mean, re- to, keep, to keep that part of the celebration, you, you have to know your history. You can kindly see it happening. They come and they bring dancers, they bring oh, drummers, they full bring dress flautists, and... they bring storytellers. This year they had a nutritionist. And we're trying to build and bring back on another concept that Opelous and them started. It was the Wild Game Dinner. Oh. Major, major event to kick off the Standing Stone festivities. So we're trying to resurrect that and bring it back. And to have a menu of wild game, traditional yeah. to here, and to have some indigenous menu items too. So we hope we can get, bring that back and just make it a. Well, this a was the the northern. Again, I learned this is the northern route for the Trail of Tears. Is yes. that yes? And as I understand it, the one of the one of the deals is this: these were hunting grounds for for tribes, and they, yep. the the stand the marker might have been a boundary or or some hunting. Uh, yeah, legend has it. You know, it, it it was situated part of a rock formation just west of town. In front of my grandma and grandpa Wiggins' home, in fact. Is that right? On the Woodcliff Road. And when the railroad came through and they had to blast through this rock formation, they just shattered the stone. Uh, uh. And a portion of it was saved by the right. Order of the Red Men and put on that lighthouse monument pedestal kind of thing that's there today. But yeah, they, that 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 is true. The Cherokee heritage, you know, they they the Indians were not they were they didn't live in teepees. These were bankers and lawyers, and they were more educated than the population of the United States yep. at that time. So yes. it's a yes, great right. story and uh, part of our heritage. Then you've got the Amish. At, at, uh, we Ma- do. I Muddy I Pond. remember when those the Amish started settling out around Muddy Pond. That uh, was back in maybe the forties or fifties. Hmm. Just a funny story. When they first came, uh, of course, there are different veins of, of Amish mm-hmm. Mennonite, but 
there was horse-drawn carriages, surreys, wagons, that kind of thing. And I remember the first vehicle I saw coming out of there was a little Datsun pickup. <laughs> <laughs> it was colored orange. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, they they have settled out there. They It's just a great tourist attraction. I yes, mean, you can yes. go out there and get a meal. They have a leather shop, They woodworking, the general store. Just It's just a wonderful place to visit. And it is a magnet to bring people our way. So be, uh, Monterey being rebirthed, reborn, evolving, a uh, major tourism, visitors. Uh, uh, when you've got uh, all the assets we've got, what, almost 2,000 feet above sea level, same elevation as Gatlinburg, I've heard. I don't know whether that's true or not. I may be embellishing that. but uh, No, you're, you're going the wrong way. We're higher than Gatlinburg. Because Gatlinburg's in a little valley. Yes, but sir. But we're, we're in the mountains. When you, when you come are. to Monterey, we are in the mountains. And you've got to climb to get to it. got to climb to get to it. Take some effort. Take <laughs> some right. effort. That's right. <laughs> but what a great uh, great story, and, uh, and we're uh, – we're moving forward. Anything else, Bill? Let's let's look at the future. Anything you want to? We got about a minute left. Talk about before we go there. Don't forget B Rock. Oh, I hadn't even. Oh, that. I, thank you. Back when I was mayor, Bobby Walker and his family mm-hmm. who owned that property there, it was ten point six acres, and he wanted to to part with it, and he wanted to give it to his hometown. Yes. And as mayor, I gladly accepted it. Of course. <laughs> Without so, any equivocation. Oh, no. no <laughs> we, 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 we just said, deal done. So, so Bobby great. was very generous with the gift of that. And that, B-Rock is another magnet. It's a joy. Oh, come on. It's, it is something. It's, it, and it, it's, a, it's a great uh, It is the image of, of Putnam County and our uh, Upper Cumberland. Yes, that, is the, that is the brand. I mean, that is what we see. Well, Bill, we this is uh, we just don't have enough time. We we may have to do some more of this stuff in the near future. But uh, George Hawford with Bill Wiggins, uh, uh, have a great day.